The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Her Healthful, the podcast where I, your host, Araste, talk about how to live a healthful life beyond just what we eat and how we move. My voice is sounding a bit raspy today. Is anybody else hearing this? I am not sick or anything, but kind of digging it, not gonna lie. It's been a little while since I've done a solo ep. Well, it's been like three episodes, but I hope you guys have been enjoying the guest episodes. And if there are any guests that you'd love to hear on the pod, I'm so open to having you suggest stuff over DMs and let me know what you want to hear. So let's do a rose thorn and bud because it's been a little while since i've done that too so my rose for the past week has been the end of january happy february everyone i'm so excited for the start of a new month january for a lot of us i feel like was really weird it was especially weird in ontario because we started off the new year in a lockdown and that is never a fun way to start a new year when you're feeling very excited about your goals and intentions and i just didn't think I had a routine, really. I was trying to, you know, incorporate home workouts and all of that, but I was not feeling it with the cold weather and was not getting outside as much as I wanted to. So January was kind of a blur that I'd like to skip out on for 2022 and just think of February as the start of 2022 now. And now that it is February, we're out of lockdown, so it just kind of feels like things are taking a turn for the better, and I cannot express how good it felt this week to go to my first in-studio workout in weeks. I had the best sweat session, and it really just made me feel so good all day. So it just goes to show you really don't know how much things mean to you and how good they feel when you have them all the time. Like Once they're gone, you're like, shit, that was something that really brought me a lot of joy. So just cherish the little things you know they can really be taken away from you at any moment. So my thorn for the past week is that I've been using a lot of should language. And if you don't know what should language is, it's pretty much things you tell yourself that you should be doing. So for example, I should be posting more, I should be writing more, I should be doing more. And these should statements, although it seems like they would be good to help you stay motivated and actually do what you want to do, they just make you feel guilty and they're not actually helpful in the long run. Like why should you have to do something? It's always based on expectations, and sometimes we don't even know where our expectations come from. A lot of the times, it's unconscious, it's from society, from our friends, and it's all of these things warped into one. So when you tell yourself you should do things, it feels like a chore. And I don't like that because there's a lot of things that I'm passionate about that I want to do, and then when I tell myself I should do it, it takes away the enjoyment out of those exciting, passionate stuff. So I'm trying to, you know, change that language because I don't need to make myself feel guilty or put that pressure on myself and just asking myself what I actually want to do. What am I excited about? Instead of framing things like a chore. So that was just something that I realized through journaling and through just self-reflection. Like I think in the past, I wouldn't have even realized that I was using my language or that language. And... If that made you just aware right now that you're using that language, it's something to reflect on and it's something to kind of change how you speak to yourself. Lastly, my bud is 
probably going to be the same for the next two weeks and it's that I'm traveling outside of Canada for the first time in two years to visit the sunny state of California and I've already mentioned this that I'm going to San Francisco but I did decide to extend my trip and also do LA. The flight was only $30 and it's my reading week so it just made sense. I'm so excited and I cannot also wait to meet some of my online friends in real life. You know who you are if you're listening and also any Sagittariuses that are listening. We all love to travel, like we love adventure and so this is really going to fuel my soul and I also can't believe this will be the first time I'm traveling with James. I don't know how we've never traveled together, like we've done road trips, we've done cottage trips, we've done all those things but we've never been on a flight together and COVID also delayed that for the past two and a half years and I'm excited but traveling really puts you to the test. Like there's only a handful of friends that I can travel with because true colors kind of come out when you travel and I think with me and James it'll be fine because we live together so we already know each other's habits and what stresses us out. I don't think there will be much surprises but yeah you realize a few things about other people and learn that they don't navigate the world the same way you do. You're not on the same page as them. Like they just have a different vibe for how you would rather travel. So just a note, if you are traveling with friends, it doesn't mean you can't be friends anymore. It just means you probably won't travel with them anymore. Okay, so enough about that. Let's get into today's episode. So if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I'm taking a course. It's my last course ever, but I doubt I'm going to stop learning and taking courses in the future just for fun. This is my last official university course and it's on all things mindfulness, which is a hot topic. And since I'm in grad school, the structure of my courses are so much better than undergrad courses. It's a lot more relaxed and it's really just discussion based. You just talk about what you thought of the readings and there's a paper at the end, but there's no like midterms and things to memorize. You're reading something for the sake of learning, which I think how education should be kind of structured. And it obviously helps if you're studying something you're actually interested in. And I think that this is one of the most biggest topics of the past, you know, 10 years in psychology, in the wellness space. It's a really cool course because every week we are trying a new type of meditation. And yes, there are different types of meditation. It's not just breath work. And we end every class with the prof leading a meditation, which is like a preview of that week's type of meditation. And then we keep a diary of like what we like, how our experiences were with trying that meditation for the week. So my homework is literally doing something that's gonna benefit my mental health, which I love. But on top of that, I can share what I learned with you. So I thought, why not do an episode on mindfulness. I'm only three weeks into the course, but I know a lot from previous knowledge and my own experience. And I've also just learned a lot already in these three weeks. And that's what you guys voted for. I put a poll up and it seems like a lot of you are interested in mindfulness and we are going to get into it today. So like I mentioned, you can probably tell that mindfulness is one of the biggest buzzwords and for good reason. There's so much research showing that mindfulness helps relieve stress, it helps with mental health symptoms, pain, blood pressure, like all these different things. It just seems to be really helpful for people. And for me, when I think of mindfulness, I immediately think of the word awareness. Being fully aware of your present moment and focusing on what you're doing with full attention, no distraction, 
And that's pretty much what I thought mindfulness was, especially before this course. But I've learned that it's so much more than presence. So before getting into like tips and what you can do to be more mindful throughout the day, I need to get the definition you know, out here because it's much more than I thought it was before. And I want to like make sure you guys know what it means as well, because it's such a big construct that I'm like, like it's hard to define it. Honestly, it really is hard to define it. So instead of trying to define it for you, I'm going to take up the straight up definition I learned in class from people who dedicate their whole lives researching this. So mindfulness is defined as awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So there's a lot going on in that definition, although it's a really nice, you know, short way of putting together what the main elements are. But obviously it wasn't what I just mentioned, which was being present or aware of the current moment. It also involves acceptance. So what even is acceptance? Because I've come to learn that a lot of people don't know what it is or they have a wrong definition of acceptance. Because think about it for a second. How would you define acceptance? Like, what does it mean to accept? And in the context of mindfulness, like, what does that acceptance piece mean? And I know it might seem like I'm lingering too much on this, but it is really an important aspect of mindfulness. So I really want to get this down. So in mindfulness, people think that acceptance means passive acceptance which means that you're using mindfulness to become aware of what you're feeling and experiencing. And then once you're aware, you simply accept the situation. You tell yourself that things are the way they are. There's nothing you can really do about it. And that sort of is what I thought mindfulness was. I thought it was just becoming aware of your problems and then accepting them. But it's not supposed to be passive. And that's something I've learned literally within the past two weeks. The acceptance piece is supposed to be really active and engaging, and it's not this passive thing that we let happen to us. Okay, so I have to give an example because I feel like all things become clear to me when I hear an example. So if you've been feeling super anxious over the past few weeks, for example, there are a lot of ways you can deal with your anxiety. In the past, I probably would have just denied that I was even feeling anxious or just repressed it so that I could still continue doing my work and, you know, I didn't want to deal with these feelings because they're getting in the way. You can avoid, you can, you know, just say that you're not feeling that way, repress it, all of those things that I just mentioned. Spoiler alert, that is not the healthy way to cope with your emotions. You don't want to ignore it. You don't want to avoid. There are much more helpful things that you can do. So another thing that you can do is to become aware of what you're feeling and acknowledge your feelings. You need to admit to yourself that you're not feeling great. You're feeling anxious and stressed. So acknowledgement is that first step in mindfulness. Acknowledging your feelings seems so easy when you say it out loud, but it's really hard to actually do it. Most of us are used to avoiding our feelings, being closed off, repressing our emotions, and self-awareness is one of the most important things you can cultivate. You have to acknowledge your feelings, feel them out, no matter how uncomfortable it might be. And that is step number one of mindfulness. Step number two, once you've acknowledged your anxious feelings, you want to approach it with acceptance and openness. AKA you want to keep being open to all the negative shit you're feeling, even if it is super uncomfortable and even if it is taking away from other things that you can be doing. 
So here's where I clarify what this acceptance piece means. It's not you telling yourself, well, I'm bound to be anxious with my life and everything I do and accepting the situation for what it is. Instead, the acceptance is an active process. You're trying to take in more information about how your anxiety feels. What's provoking your anxiety? You're monitoring your mood. You're taking all these active steps to really immerse yourself in the feelings and situations that might be harming your mental health. The reason why we get stuck in these anxious and depressed narratives telling ourselves it's inevitable or normal or hopeless is because we avoid these intense negative experiences. We don't want to explore them further because that shit sucks. It's draining, mentally exhausting, and this habit of avoidance is what prevents us from taking in new information that might challenge the very anxious and depressed narrative we're trying to improve in the first place. So first step, awareness, acknowledgement, all of that good stuff. Second step, acceptance. Third step, which makes it an active process, is action. Taking action to help yourself feel less anxious, preventing yourself from going through it again in the future. And for me, I thought mindfulness was just the awareness piece. I was missing out on the acceptance and action. So these three elements are what define mindfulness and what can make it the most helpful practice for you or for anybody who's trying to really engage with it. I hope all of that made sense. I know that was a lot to take in, but pretty much mindfulness could be summed up as those three things I just mentioned. And it's not a passive acceptance that your life sucks and everything is doom and gloom and you've accepted that. You know, that's not what it is. So mindfulness is great because it helps us be aware of the present moment, but it also helps us take action through that acceptance and curiosity. Okay, so I know I just spent a good 10 minutes defining what mindfulness was, but I hope that was helpful. I know it was really helpful for me when I learned about those different elements. Okay, so now let's talk about how you can practice mindfulness in your life. The most obvious answer is meditation for sure. And I've been doing this pretty much every day because it's my homework. But before the course, I wasn't really meditating because honestly, it's really hard. And for some reason, my brain thought it was a waste of time. I could be doing other things that would make me, quote unquote, more productive. And of course, because we're such a productivity obsessed society, that was my mindset. And sometimes it continues to be my mindset. But I can share some tips and resources that have helped me meditate more in my life and how it's actually been really helpful. Okay, first thing is to just remember that meditation is not meant to turn off your mind. People think you're supposed to get into this like super zen state where nothing is going on in your mind and it's impossible to do that. We're human, which means we're constantly thinking. I forget what the number is, but we have an absurd number of thoughts every day. So to be able to turn off your thoughts would literally be superhuman. It's totally normal to be thinking about the past, future, you know, your to-do list, what you're having for dinner. And the most important part is to just not react and immerse yourself in that thought chain. Because we know that one thought can lead to another and then you're in this spiral. But it's important to just like notice the thought and then bring yourself back to the present moment. You don't want to be judgmental of yourself for having a thought and like telling yourself, oh, why can't I even focus on this meditation for five minutes? You don't want to judge yourself. That's a huge aspect that we don't want to put into the meditation space. Number two, realize that there are so many different types of meditation. And if it's not working for you, you just might not have found your type. I'm literally going to be trying at least 10 different types in my class. 
We've done breath meditation, body scans, and now we're doing relaxation techniques, all while keeping a diary on how it went, how it makes us feel, because some types might be more useful for you and others just might not. Trial and error is key here, so really just like dabble in different kinds and see what works for you. So third, I guess, tip is just my favorite apps or resources for meditation. Insight Timer is a great one. So is One Giant Mind. And also YouTube because there's a bunch of free guided meditations on there. And for the most part, I prefer guided. I don't really just do sounds or silence. I don't think I'm at that level yet. I really like somebody telling me what to do and reminding me to also just come back to the present moment when I do go off in my thoughts. Last tip for meditation is to go into each meditation with these three in mind. First, intention. Second, attention. And third, attitude. So set an intention at the start of every practice. How do you want to transform how you feel by the end of it? Then pay attention to the present moment and keep trying to come back to it like I mentioned before, even if you do wander off and think about something else. And then lastly, the attitude part is what we were talking about before. You want to go into it with like an accepting, open, curious attitude. You don't want to be closed off and rigid during a meditation practice. So if you have any other tips for meditation and how you get yourself to practice it and what you've used, feel free to DM me and I'd love to share some resources on stories or on the next podcast or even in the show notes. And if you're still not sold on meditation, I wanted to actually give more tips on just being mindful throughout your day because you know, I don't want it to just be reliant on meditation. There are so many other ways to be mindful and practice mindfulness. And now that you know the definition of mindfulness and what goes with it, it's so much more helpful to realize that you're not just accepting what happens and that's it. So how to be more mindful throughout your day. First tip, pausing for dramatic effect because this is such an important tip. Turn off all the notifications on your phone. And I really do mean all of them. You can leave texts and phone calls on if you want because those can sometimes be urgent, but literally any other app on your phone, you do not need notification alerts. I've never needed to be aware of a notification super urgently from an app. It's not worth the distraction or disruption in your day. It really isn't. There's been so many times where I'd get a random notification from an app I just installed because every time you install an app, you have to change the notification settings. And I see that notification, it has nothing relevant to do with me or any action that I want to take. But then I pick up my phone, I go check my email, I go on Instagram, I go on TikTok, I reply to my text. And before I know it, I forgot what I was working on, I'm completely overwhelmed by all the info I'm getting from my phone, and my precious time has left the group chat. Like, it is just not okay how much time can be wasted when you get sucked into your phone And then it's even worse when it's by some useless notification that could have been avoided. So I vote for going into your notifications, going through all the apps and just turning it off on the top. I've done this for Instagram already. Like it's been off for probably a year now. The notifications are only in the app, never outside of the app. But I'm now doing it for all the other apps other than messages and phone calls. And if you really need to have a work session where you're trying to grind and don't want to be distracted, then put it on airplane mode so you can't even receive text messages and you're just kind of like off for a little bit. 
because even those can really disrupt my flow. So after this episode, you're going into settings, notifications, and then going through all the apps and turning them off. Second tip, observe your thoughts without judging them. Recognizing your judgmental self-talk is the first step towards softening how you speak to yourself and becoming more accepting and patient and compassionate. Qualities we could really all use a bit more of. So try to acknowledge and recognize your negative thoughts. And the best way to do this is to journal, which I know I keep mentioning on the podcast, but it's so true. Sometimes you don't know what you're going through until you write it out. And if writing isn't for you, maybe you learn better when you talk it out, aka with a friend or a partner or in a therapy session. You can't have it all in your head because we can suppress things and not acknowledge them until they're out of us in some way, shape, or form. Tip number three for being more mindful in your day, focus on one task at a time. It's so glorified to be a multitasker in today's society getting a bunch of different things done and trying to be super productive. And we seem to think that the more we take on, the more productive we are. But remember, quality over quantity always. Spending small amounts of time jumping from one task to another, it just makes it harder for you to achieve a flow state. And the state of flow, if you haven't heard of it before, you've probably experienced it. It's when you're just like in your work and it's flowing, you're able to stay focused, you're enjoying it, you're like at the perfect level of stress, and I I don't know how to explain it, but it's just the name itself explains it. You're flowing in your work, and that only happens when you're really paying attention to one task because it takes some time to get into that flow state. So if you're constantly switching from one task to another, you are never going to be in that state for any of those tasks. And it's going to be a more superficial way of working and also a more overwhelming way of working. You're not as mindful or focused on each task because you're just not giving yourself enough time to have that and to achieve that. But I know it's so hard. I'm such a multitasker, so guilty of it, and it's something I'm definitely working on too. Fourth tip, take breaks and take pauses and do something mindful like taking a few deep breaths, going on a walk without a podcast, without headphones, just like really taking in the outside and the sensor experiences and break up your day with these mindful moments no matter how small they are. Maybe five minutes, can be like 30 seconds and honestly, why don't we have one right now? You're listening and we could all use a few deep breaths. Okay, so take a deep breath in and out and on the next one hold at the top keep holding and out okay one more deep breath in Make it the deepest one and sigh it out. (sighs) Three breaths makes a perfect mindful moment. And we all have 30 seconds to break up our workday with these small pauses. I don't use my Apple Watch as much as I did before because obviously these trackers can get obsessive and take away from intuitive movement. But one thing that I do like about it is that it has a 
Breathe app, and it's just meant to have more mindful moments in your day. It reminds you to take a breath or it reminds you to have a present moment at the beginning or end of the day. I'm not saying you need to get an Apple Watch just for that feature, but maybe set reminders on your phone because it is so easy to lose track of time during a day, especially during a work week. Before you know it, it's Friday and it's the weekend. So setting reminders on your phone or just like writing it in your planner, just somewhere where you can keep yourself accountable can be really, really helpful. Tip number five, if you are not feeling present or mindful and you're really trying to achieve that, when in doubt, activate your five senses. Like right now, stop and think about all five senses. It's one of the simplest ways to stay mindful and to bring your attention to the present moment. You really want to activate your sensory experiences. So what noises do you hear right now? What scents do you smell? What are others around you doing? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, put your full attention there and observe it through your five senses for a few moments. And I promise you, once you just like think about it, you're so much more present and you're really kind of overwhelmed by all of the things that you're taking in through the different sensations. But it's a good kind of overwhelmed because it means you're really focusing and you're attending to your current moment. So I had those five tips, but I just thought of another one that I think is relevant for a lot of you. And that is mindful eating. It's so tempting to eat while we work, to watch TV, just like do anything else. But when I started to take in what I was eating and making it like a mindful practice, it is just like so much more enjoyable. The best way to describe it or the best way that's helped me is to act like I'm a critic at a restaurant and what I'm about to eat is a dish that I have to rate. And the only way for me to do that is to really take in what I'm eating, how it tastes, how it smells, like all of this stuff, because later on I have to go write a review about it and I'm a critic. I need to be really diligent and know all the details. And I know this sounds so silly when I say it out loud, but like put yourself in that. And if you don't have to do that, if it doesn't help, but for me, I'm just like, okay, time to review this. Let's eat this. And then like really immerse yourself in all the tastes and the textures and you don't want to be distracted. Enjoy it, like savor it. And once you start doing that, if you also have a relationship with food that you're trying to build and improve, one of the best ways to do that is to look at food as more than calories or something to burn off. Your relationship with food can improve because you see it as something that you truly enjoy and that you can savor. And it can be a mindful moment in your day as well. But again, with all these tips, I want to remind you that I don't practice these every single day of my life because I'm human and this is the most ideal way to have a mindful day or you take whatever tips might work for you. That's why I gave a bunch. But now that I'm saying them again, I'm like, yeah, when I do these, I really feel my best, especially the mindful eating one, because I tend to watch something while I eat, especially during dinner time. And you know what? If it's what I need right now for my mental health to do that, that's okay too. There's just so many ways to kind of think about what works for you. And I'm not saying you have to do these things. It's probably just the reason you're listening to this episode is to get some tips. I was going to end this episode with a meditation, but then I realized I want to complete my course before doing any more meditations because I just want to feel a little bit more knowledgeable. And I've just been learning that if you're not really qualified or knowledgeable about how to lead a meditation, then it can actually do harm. And I just don't want to harm anyone 
and I'm very, very big on qualifications and just, you know, helping people. So I am not going to do those until I finish this course and have a bit more knowledge. I'm sorry if you're looking forward to a meditation and I'm still going to keep the other one up. I forget what episode it was at the end of, but I do have another episode where I end it with a short meditation for anxiety. I also wanted to just ask, I want to share my experiences with each weekly meditation, but I don't know what the best way to do it is. Do I just come on stories and explain to you what I'm doing and how it's feeling and all of that? Or do I make weekly reels about it? I don't really know what to do. Or do I do a post? Do I do like a shared Google Drive where you can access all of the meditations that I'm doing? I, so I just need your help here. Like if you want to learn more about what I'm learning in my class and what meditations I'm doing, let me know what's the best way for me to share that information with you. I can also just like even make a mini five to 10 minute weekly podcast on it. That could work and it would be totally unrelated to the other podcast episode that would be coming, like the main one. So I have all these ideas, but I just don't know what would work best. Let me know. But other than that, that's all I have for today's episode. I really hope it helped you learn about what mindfulness is, some tips, and maybe some motivation to practice it more in your daily life if you choose to do so. Other than that, I am going to say goodbye now, and I hope you have a great weekend. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you put a review or rating in on Apple or Spotify, and also I love when you tag me in your stories. I just love starting a conversation that way in terms of what you thought of the episode. And that's it. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you next week. Bye.